When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Alyssa Explains It All. I am joined by producer Matt today. Hello. How we feeling today? I am tired. Today was a, <laughs> today was like a busy day. Yeah. Um. I mean, not to like totally timestamp when we're recording this intro in comparison <laughs> to when the episode comes out, but like. I, like the rest of Netflix reality fans, stayed up way later than anticipated waiting for the Love is Blind live reunion to actually yeah. go live. Um, so that that kept me up until about 1030 when I needed to be awake at 6 a.m. to to be the guest so speaker bad. at Temple University's <laughs> uh, podcast program. So, yeah, it was fun, but very tiring. So when when you logged on to Netflix, did it just say like what? What was happening? So, I'm confused. So let me explain to you my situation. I I teach until 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I left 10 minutes early. I had hopped on DoorDash earlier because I found out that I could schedule a pickup at Applebee's for any time I want it. So there's an Applebee's right next to my house. So I Love scheduled it. a pickup for $7.55 and they didn't have the food ready. And I was in a panic that I was going to miss the first five minutes of this reunion. So I mm. get into my house at 8.05. I turn on the remote. Things aren't loading. I'm freaking out. And I grab my phone and I text your friend and mine, Alex. And I'm like, mm-hmm. my my TV's not working. What's happened? Has the reunion started? <laughs> and he goes, no, 15-minute delay. Huh. I wish it was a 15 minute delay. So was it like an over an hour? Hour and 15 minutes. It was wow. just a tie-dye screen with like a minute musical loop. And it just said, uh, we were having some issues. We'll report back later. And that was just the screen for like an hour and 15 wow. minutes. And then when it finally goes live, like Vanessa's there and she's just like, hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to our and then she does quotes live reunion. And she's like, unfortunately, it's not actually live. We had to record it while all the technical issues were happening. But oh like, we're good to go. And like, it ran mostly smooth from there. But like the two highlights that I absolutely loved that happened was one, <laughs> the whole week, the whole week leading up to this. It was like, Jackie's going to spill some tea. It's going to be chaos when Jackie comes on camera. And she announces that Jackie is not in attendance, but she did do a pre-recorded Zoom interview with Jackie and Josh. Such bullshit. Felt like such a bait and switch. I was like, what a ridiculous bait and switch. But then my favorite element, and I'm curious if this will be edited out of what they have uploaded now. I haven't had a chance to watch. But I forget who was talking at this point. I want to say it was Brett 
maybe it was Marshall, but someone was talking and she and Vanessa cuts them off mid sentence and goes, oh, God. um, control room. I just want you to know one of your mics is live and I can hear you in my in ear. Oh my God. <laughs> like, how is it possible that it is fucking now? Okay. I have had this theory that Netflix has no money. And, <laughs> and this is, this is proof of it. Well, so here is my theory. <laughs> I'm thinking that someone was talking some shit on Vanessa Lachey and she was just like, that, that would be just like, fucking hilarious. I just want y'all to know that your mic is live. <laughs> like was like the, the nicest, subtlest way to be like, watch yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Like, but beyond that, it was, it was your typical reunion. I, I would say, I would actually say that I think it was tamer than mm -hmm. anything and um and and listening to the out of pods podcast today and listening to like natalie and and deep talk about that they they mentioned like i bet that ever because they recorded before the actual live reunion they were just recording mm -hmm. about the the wedding episodes on on the friday and they're like, they are going to, the pressure of being live without any editing, they are probably going to be walking on eggshells and very meticulous with how they mm. word things. So mm -hmm. like, as opposed to them just like saying whatever comes to their mind, it did feel like, like there was a lot more like, we forgive you. We understand that you were in a, like, I see. like, I think that they were all like playing PR responses. Yeah. Like they were all media trained and they brought out like Irina and the crowd started booing her like immediately upon coming out. I and she started talking about like her struggles with mental health and how she hates how she was seen and that she's not really that person. And like, she's working on trying to be a better person. And it, it just, it was like, it, it did feel like a PR Mm -hmm. conversation more than like I don't think we're ever going to get the the self-sabotage that was shake in the season two reunion which oh, is like God. still one of the most like incredible reunion episodes of any show I've ever watched because you're that just crazy you're just watching scorched earth and a dude who <gasps> doesn't realize that he's oh. in the wrong scorching earth like he yes. thinks that he's he thinks he's on the PR trail fixing yeah. his image and all he's doing is confirming every oh one of God. our suspicions about him. Talk like, about like digging yourself in a fucking <laughs> hole, like actually psychotic behavior. And also like the lack of self-awareness that you have to have to behave that way is, and like, I think, I think even like for shake, it was a lot of like being so defensive and so sure that you're not wrong. Yeah. And that's like one of the, least appealing traits of yeah. any be like person, hey i fucked ever. up i wasn't you know i mean especially something like love is blind we're like hey here's a simple solution this is a really fucking stressful thing that we shouldn't do to human beings and you don't yeah. understand what that pressure is like until you're in the same scenario mm -hmm. and like that's just that is just fact and that's what makes me stressed out when i watch it because like as a person as a person who I think, and I think you're the same way, like A, we take love very seriously and B, mm -hmm. we are very protective of our hearts. Like mm -hmm. there is zero chance in any world that I could see either one of us, 
even not for a reality show being like, I met this person six weeks ago and I'm ready to walk down the aisle with them. Like, right. there's right. just no part of my brain. There's no way. That, like, so like to have these people like referring to each other as their best friend and the love of their life. And I'm like, yeah, no, like, like maybe, maybe in a Stockholm syndrome kind of way. Right. Because mm -hmm. I know that that's a thing that people make fun of the circle about online mm -hmm. of like, y'all have only known each other for a month. How are you all besties? And it's like, well, when you're literally trapped with only those 10 people for mm -hmm. an entire month, like, yes, you reveal so many more intimate personal parts of your life that even your best friends don't get to know right away. Like, yeah, yeah. I get that. But like when you're dating 15 different people simultaneously <laughs> over a 10 day period, like how many people can honestly be the true love of your life in that scenario? Well, I think, I think it's two things. I think it's, you're in a situation where you are on perfect dates. They set you up in a perfect apartment. They'll make it super romantic if they have to. Um, I'm sure when they're in the rooms, they're getting like question prompts from now, you know, now and again. Well, they said and it's in, so I actually just found this out today because they did mm -hmm. a ask us anything at the end of out of the pods. The notebooks that they have are given to them by production. And in the back of the notebooks, it has prompt questions if they don't know what to say. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm right. They <laughs> <laughs> So the whole thing is so highly manipulated and orchestrated. It's not it would never be like like if we all were just dating somebody in in real life. And the other thing is when you're doing a show like that, it's similar to The Bachelor where your entire focus cuz you don't have your phone, you can't talk to your family, like your entire focus is this relationship and that does not happen in real life no. like it just doesn't so i think that's like that's a big part of it and the other thing is i think that they probably are under some pressure to a lot of pressure to feel those feelings and go through the process the way that production wants them to like ultimately you signed up for a tv show if you genuinely wanted to just simple cut and dry, want to find somebody to marry, you could have signed up for like eHarmony and you didn't. You signed up for a TV show. So like, you know, when what you do doing. that, yeah, yeah, there's a level of like, you know that you're going to have to like entertain. And that doesn't mean that people are dishonest, but like they just are a more amplified version of themselves. And that go comes down to like their emotions and how they feel about this other person. Well, and I think that that's what made for me to go completely against everything I just said. I, I think that what made like the Brett and Tiffany relationship something that was so easy to grasp onto is that it felt like regardless of their intentions, like if they were just coming for TV time, it did feel like, oh, shit, they actually did find the perfect person for them in like a really crazy way. But I think that that's why. I think you're only going to ever see that happen every couple seasons. You know what I mean? Like how many of the season one, two and three couples are like still together? I think it's like one or two of them tops. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But honestly, like since Cameron and Lauren, like Tiffany and Brett are the only other couple that I've been like, you know what? I actually think that they, <laughs> I think that they, by against all odds, really did like find the right person for each other. You know, if you're looking for love, 
obviously love is blind is an option for you but i think a more reasonable option is tinder and uh this week's guest has a bit of knowledge about the the best and worst case scenarios she does she also has so much insight on the best and worst ways to date literally anyone like she is a dating pro her name is alana she started her podcast seeing other people as part of the hinge app podcast and it just completely took off because she is so kind and so insightful and has has had um kind and insightful guests on too and she just really understands how to really like meet people where they're at in their dating life and give amazing advice i feel like she she's who everyone wants their big sister to be now she'll be the big sister to every listener (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly enjoy alana dunn Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. It's This has been a long time coming. We have scheduled and <laughs> rescheduled and rescheduled the reschedule, and we are here. We are here. We made it. Proud of us. I, I really am proud of us. And this is sort of like the, the pinnacle of adult planning is making a plan and then having to break it six times. And then when yep. you make the rescheduled plan, you have to be like, I can't even do it this week and possibly not even this month. So we'll just check in. <laughs> it's just. But here we are. We did, we did we are. the mature thing and we made it happen. Made it happen. How are you doing today? We're we're recording on a Friday, so happy almost weekend. This is technically the last thing I should be doing for the week, but (laughs) I did not do a lot of like like probably two hours of like emails and stuff I need to do. And I just can't go into the weekend without doing them. But Mm -hmm. we'll see. I might not do them and go to the dog park instead. Ooh, I love that for you. Me too. So you host a podcast called Seeing Other People, and it is a dating and relationship podcast. And yeah. so it's it's cool to have you on here because you're sort of the OG of my my version of the podcast, too. Like you've done this for so long and it actually started as the Hinge podcast. So I know you've told me this story a million times, but the listeners don't know this story. So do you want to explain your whole journey into like how you got into all of this? I would love to. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. And even just going back to like when you first told me you were going to start a podcast or like that you might start a podcast, I was like, yes, like this is what we need. Like more Alyssa and long form Alyssa. And I'm so excited. I'm long so proud form of you. Alyssa. That's long so Long form Alyssa. So yeah. So I am 28. I live in New York City with my now fiance and our dog Barkley. But for a very long time, I was such a hopeless romantic and really hopelessly single. And I struggled so much in my dating life, like fully had gotten into like such horrible, unhealthy, toxic relationships, toxic dating behaviors, and felt so alone in everything that I was experiencing. You know, I would see all these people around me being in seemingly such happy and wonderful relationships. And I couldn't find that. And it just made me question myself. What's wrong with me? Why am I not good enough? Like, why does it seem like everyone else is deserving of love except for me? And it was really, really painful to experience. And I ended up working at Hinge, running their social media. And I stayed there for a little over two years. And during that time, you know, I I was in this really awesome position where I could help people with their dating lives. And I was talking to daters all the time about what the most challenging parts of dating were. And then I would go back and 
make content to help make dating better. And for the first half of the time that I was there, I kept it very surface level because I didn't want my personal dating experiences to be shared. I thought, you know, that's for me and the people that I'm sharing them with. And I never wanted somebody to not want to date me because they were afraid I was going to like air out all their dirty laundry on the hinge Instagram. And there was a turning point where about a year in, I was going through a breakup and I was sitting there in this hotel room in Los Angeles and I had literally just been dumped. And I'm like, I just finished crying. And I'm like, I can't Mm -hmm. just you know, go on the story right now or or post this thing, encouraging people and saying, it's all going to be fine. And like, you got this and good luck on this date and do this with your profile. When I literally felt like I was at rock bottom and had just gotten my heart broken. So instead I recorded this video. I, you could literally tell like my face was puffy, like teary eyed being like, Hey guys, you usually ask me for advice, but you know, a lot of you don't know this. I was in a relationship. I now am no longer in one. I just got broken up with and I feel really scared right now. I I really don't know how I'm going to, you know, make it through this and and get through this. I don't know that I can. I don't even know if I'm asking for advice, just like words of wisdom for how you guys got through this and it was really this huge turning point where the floodgates opened and people were just messaging and reaching out like I had never seen before, not giving advice but thanking me for showing that side of it. And this was back in 2019 and at the time people really weren't being vulnerable on social media like mm-hmm. this was actually like in a way groundbreaking which i didn't mean for it to be i wasn't trying right. to like do something different i was just trying to be real and in doing this i realized this is really the way to help people by showing dating is really freaking hard mm-hmm. and we feel so alone and we are all struggling with things that make us feel so isolated but we're all experiencing the same things and how wonderful would it be if we could connect over the struggles that we're having instead of feeling like no one understands us. And so Mm. I ended up starting a podcast for Hinge called Dating Sucks. And I got to be really open and honest and share why dating sucks for me and the mistakes that I had made and things I was learning along the way. And that was just really this like light bulb moment of like, this is what I'm meant to do. And Mm -hmm. so fast forward, I've been doing seeing other people now on my own for a little over two years and I couldn't be happier. Yay. That's so awesome. It's such like an amazing origin story. It came from some pain, but I feel like the best origin stories do. Yes. And I agree that 2019 was an interesting time for you to open up that like vulnerable part of Um, of yourself and and your social presence, because I think it like 2019, we were just about to hit the pandemic. I think once we hit the pandemic, that's when everyone was like, I can't fucking do this. And then life is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also TikTok helped because like a lot of the Gen Z style of like interaction with social media is a lot more authentic than like the super curated millennial version of it. So So you really like you hit that that like trend before it even became this like huge wave. Yeah. And it just felt really right to be doing this. You know, I think I struggle more with trying to just be like how to like go on a first date yeah. or like without feeling anxious, like how to set up your profile. Like yeah. those feel like I have to put so much more work into those because they have to be so scripted and so specific versus just actually being open about like a real life experiences and the human experience and the experience of being single in your 20s in New York City and Mm -hmm. getting ghosted by somebody who you really thought was the one or like was Mm -hmm. telling you they were going to commit to you and all these things. And so I just 
it felt so right to be open in that way. Yeah. I I get like PTSD when you talk about dating in New York City and like getting ghosted and also like I was thinking later tonight I'm going to dinner with um one of my best friends and we're going to this restaurant and the last time that I was there it's have you been to Jaja Jaja before? No, what is it? It's vegan uh, Mexican food and it's so good. Yeah, okay. so good. It's th- there's one in the village, but I think there's a few locations. So we're going there tonight. The last time I was there was when I was dating somebody. I think I was 25 and he was like 34. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, this age difference, he's going to be great. Like this is going to be so great. The man gaslit the crap out of me and also got into like very love bomb territory. And so in retrospect, I think if I stayed, that would have been the most toxic relationship I'd ever been in my life. And then when I broke up with him, he was so mad. It was like, that was one of those big New York City dating experiences where we only dated for like three months and it like changed the way that I looked for people like on apps or whatever. Like I just, it was scarring. (laughs) It's just terrible. Thank God you ended it when you did. And honestly, in those situations, when you end it and somebody reacts in that certain way, that just reassures you like, okay, ending it was the right thing. And listen, I've been guilty of, I I am a horrible dumpy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like (laughs) I feel really, really bad for any guy that ever tried to end it with me because (laughs) I did not go with grace. I was like pushing back and trying to like write a whole dissertation of like why they should want to stay with me. That is so funny. I did not go with grace. But those were not, those people weren't right for me. I wasn't right for them. Yeah. Like wasn't a good situation all around. That's hilarious. I feel like you've, you've had to learn so many things along the way of making the podcast and now you're so insightful and it's crazy because like it's not like you sat down and you read like a million books on how to like date or whatever like this was based in your own life experience the experience of your friends and the people around you and then all these people that you've had on the show since and that's so cool because it's so authentic and real and like comes from from just like a genuine place. And it's awesome. Thank you. That was really the goal. And honestly, it's, it's something I struggled with for a while. I was like, should I go back to school and get a master's degree? Should I get a a degree in psych? Should I become a therapist Mm -hmm. so that I will have some specific title where people will trust me more and my expertise will be, will feel more legitimate to the average person who says like, why should I trust you? Because I, I, a dating expert is something where the lines are very blurred. Like, yes, you could take a course to be, become a certified dating expert, mm-hmm. or you could be an actual therapist. And because of, of that, and you focus on dating and relationships, et cetera, et cetera. I get asked all the time, why should I trust you? And I, for a while I feared like, what if people don't trust me because I don't have that degree? I don't have that specific certification that they're looking for. Well, guess what? I have like over 20,000 hours of experience Yeah, talking to people, researching, learning about real life shit that people have been through. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've like read the books. I've watched like courses and shit, but I don't think those were even 1% as helpful as the amount of time that I spent talking to people who are struggling with dating and hearing about their experiences and also learning from my own mistakes. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where we all don't give ourselves enough credit. Like people who are not quote unquote experts in anything, like everybody has learned so much from 
their own experiences and their mistakes and things that went well and things that didn't go well. And yes, by definition, I am considered a dating expert, but I don't think it's because of the certain specific things that I've done. I think my expertise and and the reason I add value is because of how many people I've spoken to at length about what Mm -hmm. they've been through. Yeah, totally. Was there any moment in your time doing the podcast or like interviewing someone or even you even have like um, one-on-ones with people, which I think is really cool. Was there any moment in any of this new part of your career that you felt like, oh shit, like I know what I'm doing. Like this is, I'm good at this. (laughs) It's so funny because I question all the time, like, am I good? Am I good at this? Like, why do people listen to me? Why do people trust me? And then it is so funny because all the time I will be talking to people with PhDs and they'll Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, I've never even thought of it that way. Like, Oh, I love that outlook. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought that to the table. I'll be talking to people who have been struggling with a specific dating problem for years. And I will say something that makes them look at it in a totally different light. And they're like, Oh my God. Yeah. I should pay you like 10 times the amount (laughs) just be for that one thing that you said. Right. and even sometimes like I'll listen back to my own episodes and I really, I have, I struggle with imposter syndrome and self-doubt so much. And I'll listen back and I'm like, wait a second, that girl knows what she's talking about. <laughs> no, I understand that so much because while I'm, I, while I'm recording the podcasts, I'm thinking like, this sounds so bad and so unprofessional. I'm like, what am I talking about? That made no sense. And then I listen back to the podcast. I'm like, thank God. Okay. That actually yeah. sounded pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Is there any advice that you feel like you give people over and over again that you wish you could just like staple to your forehead? Oh my God. Okay. There are a few things. First of all, it's like literally every single dating issue, relationship issue can be solved by communication. And usually the root of the problem is a lack of communication. So that is like far and above like the number one thing. I wish I could drill into people's minds that not everybody is going to like you and that's okay. Because think about all of the people that you go out with where there's nothing wrong with them. They're great people. You're like, oh, I'd like so be best friends with this person, but they're just not my person. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. Doesn't mean that they're not deserving of love. Just means that they're not the person you're going to try and spend your life with. But when the second somebody we like doesn't like us, we tell ourselves, well, it's because I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm not deserving of love. Something's wrong with me. But that is never how we're thinking of somebody else when we don't like them. Yeah, that's a really good point. That is a very good point. And I said this when I came on your podcast too. Rejection is not really rejection. It's just redirecting you to a new a new path. Like that person was just yep. not right, the right choice for you. And now you can, you can, you, it, that's great because now you know that and you can explore other things. And like reserve the time and space to be sad and work through the emotions. One of the things that has been a uh, big, big moment in my therapy journey <laughs> is how to resolve emotions like that. And you just have to like sit with it for a little while. And then once you release it and, um, you feel like you can move on, then, you know, like that person wasn't right for you anyway. Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to find the person until you find the person. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Do, do I believe there's the one out there and a soulmate for everyone? No, I think there are a lot of people that we all could end up being compatible with, could end up having wonderful, happy lives with, but you're not like, not everyone is your person and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you feel like your interactions with the people that you've known pre-podcast and all this stuff have changed since you have started it? Or even like people you you meet now, do you feel like people are constantly asking you for advice or? 
Sometimes, <laughs> definitely sometimes. But I think part of the reason that this kind of happened so organically for me is because I was always the friend that people would go to, mm-hmm. not necessarily at the time because, you know, like I wasn't always a dating expert, not because I had the best advice to give. I definitely never took my own advice also, <laughs> but more so because I wanted to listen and I really cared. And I have also been through a lot of shitty dating experiences. So I really can feel for people when they're going through it. And so mm-hmm. I think I've always been a person that, you know, my friends lean on. Yes. When I meet someone or like a friend of a friend and we're all sitting down, it's like, Oh, like go through my hinge, like make my bumble profile better. Or like, I'll have friends say like, Oh, this person's going through something like can, can my friend call you or text you and, mm-hmm. and just get your opinion on this situation? I'm like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool that they're like, can I just like text you about that? That's so fun. Look at you. Yeah. That's very cool. And so now you're engaged and I'm so excited for you. And I actually haven't even seen you since being engaged. Like, congratulations. Thank you. Um, So the story of you and your now fiance is actually really funny. Do you mind sharing that? Yes. So I love our story because there are a lot of lessons in it. Yes. So we matched on hinge in January of 2021. So setting the stage, you know, our parents are just finding out that they might be able to get vaccinated soon. We are nowhere near getting vaccinated. We're still like social Mm -hmm. distancing, like maybe going to restaurants, but only outside like indoor dining is not a thing. You can't go to bars at this time. You can, but you have to order food with the alcohol that you order. Mm -hmm. So there's no just like quick grab a drink date. Anywho, Uh, We matched on January something, like January 10th or something. And we talked for a few days and he asked me out and I was like, this is going to sound fake, but like, I literally can't go out with you for a month because I'm with my roommates and I are all like going back and forth to see our parents. And so Mm. we agreed to not see anyone else, but I'll let you know when I'm in the clear. And Mm -hmm. he thought he was never going to hear from me again, but I was like, okay, this guy seems normal. Great. Like I'll go out (laughs) with him. So first date was on February 8th, uh, 2021. And we sat outside. It was 20 degrees out. We talked about how cold we were for pretty much most of the date. (laughs) Was it the best date ever? No. But was I like, yeah, like I vibed with this person. Like we have some stuff in common, like thought he was cute. Could I go out with him again? Totally. He texted me that night saying I had a great time and would love to see you again. Communication. Love it. Love it. I was like, absolutely. But later, aka like a few, maybe like six months ago or something, Mm -hmm. I found out Jake and I had matched before on Hinge. So funny. <laughs> and I found this out because I was reminiscing with my uh, our mutual friend, mine and Jake's mutual friend, who Alyssa also knows, uh, shout out Helena. And I had texted Helena basically in January when I was talking to Jake or when Jake had messaged me being like, oh, this guy messaged me. You're a mutual friend. Like, what are your thoughts? And she was like, Alana, scroll up. We literally talked about this like in October. <laughs> so in so funny. <laughs> So here's where it gets weird. So this I obviously knew because like she and I had this conversation in January. So in October, we had this whole conversation like, oh, like I matched with this guy. Should I go out with him? I recently looked back at that conversation and I was wrong. We hadn't matched in October. We had actually matched in like March of 2020. Oh, my God. (laughs) My text with Helena were, I haven't found anyone new on Hinge. So I'm scrolling through my old matches. Me and this guy, Jake, matched but never talked. Should I talk wow. to him? And she went and raved about him, about how great he was, was like totally talked to him. And I just never did. Wow. That is so crazy. Like, how did Helena know him? 
they worked together one summer at okay. um at Brayburn. Okay. No, Brentwood, Brent, the country club in Armonk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, <laughs> but yeah, close now. Whatever that. Yeah, yeah, Brentwood. That's so crazy, and like that is such a huge lesson of like just because you saw them before a million times, especially in a place like New York where yeah. it feels like it's such a huge city, but you end up cycling through the same people. That's yep. such a like huge moment of of reflection to be like, and guess what? It didn't work the first time. I Jake messaged me in January. I didn't answer him. I don't know why. Maybe I was like talking to someone else that week. I have no idea. Yeah. He ended up following up and messaging me again a week later saying, hey, figure I'd try this again. Yeah. And that's when I responded. I was like, I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Yeah. And so guys, message people twice. Like it's message people twice. The stakes are on the, the stakes are below ground. The stakes are in the subway. Like there's no, no. literally they are nothing to lose. in the core of the earth. And also I, I really resent the whole idea around like, don't double tax, don't triple tax. Like you don't want to oh look God. desperate. No. You don't want to look, what do you talk? Like, what is that? What? That's not, it's not desperate. And also you are all on the same app. So obviously no one is doing that much better than the other person. Exactly. And honestly, like, no, th this is one of uh, one thing I'd love to like drill into people's minds. No relationship has ended because of a double tax. No so dating situation. I don't care if you're, you haven't gone on a date yet. You're three dates in, you're three months in, three years in. No relationship has ever ended because somebody sent a double text. Yeah. Literally ever. Never. Because guess what? If it ends, it's not because of the text. It's because they already decided they weren't interested in you and the timing just matched up where it was when they were pulling back and you were sending them that follow-up because you felt like, oh, they're pulling away. Let me go get them. It has nothing to do with the fact that you sent a freaking double text. <laughs> I'm snapping and clapping here because it's so true. It is so true. I think we all just overthink things so much and we lean towards thinking like the, in like with our insecure brain and saying like, this is the reason it's not the reason. Let it's me ask you this. Cause someone asked me this last night. If you could live in any time period, except for this one, in history, what would it be? It's, I think about that a lot because when I like read and stuff, I read a lot of like things from the uh, 19th century, so like the 1800s or the early 1900s. And I love that period of time because it's just like, I like the courtship part of the way that relationships work. And so I love that. But I also, there's something very charming about the 50s and 60s, but also like women had no rights. So there, you know, <laughs> like in any of that period of time. So, you know, it's a little complicated. I mean, do we still? Not really. I mean, it's it's really here and there. Here yeah, it depends and on the there. day. Depends, depends on the day. Speed. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think like it would either be the late 1800s, early 1900s, or like sometimes in the 40s, sometime in the 40s or yeah. 50s. I asked that because my immediate answer was like, the 20s because they were roaring and every yeah. other time seemed to suck. <laughs> they were but, roaring. <laughs> but like there was no depression and yet like yeah. seems no no world war seems like Everyone a good was time. vibing. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the core of my answer is literally anytime before texting and social media. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I, I, it's really complicated things. It's made us all really really in our heads because yeah. I mean, the one thing that's as close as you could possibly get to being in your head without being in your head is a phone that's two inches from your face. Yeah. And it's I literally. Even, yeah. And even like one of the things that I think is really tough about dating is in my early 20s, especially, I was just like, if someone wasn't answering me, I would go through their 
to their Instagram, see if they post anything. And if they haven't posted anything on their own page, do I go to their tagged images and I see if there's anything there? Like, what is that? I'll go to like the people, like I haven't done this in a long time, but this was, this was like what social media does to you, especially in the dating world. And if you look for something hard enough, you will find it. Like you will find something that upsets you. You will find a comment that he left that you didn't like or whatever. Like it would, it's just so unlikely that if you're in a mind space that you're thinking like something is wrong, something is wrong, something is wrong, you'll find something that upsets you. And it's just so bad. That and the added concept of if you are looking to see if someone's active, if they watch your story, if someone tagged them in something, if maybe they're somewhere else when they, they said they were at this place, maybe they're out with this person or they're lying about something. That in itself Mm -hmm. is a huge sign that this is not a healthy relationship. This is a dating situation, wherever you're at, this is not it because when it is right, it will be easy. It will be open where you won't even have to question these things. And trust me, I was in that relationship where Mm -hmm. I literally would see, and this was at the time where you could see what people were liking and who they were following. That was a lawless time on social media. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like not okay. I'm so glad that's gone. I'm so glad that's not a thing anymore. But I would see this guy starting to like follow and like other girls' pictures and comment on them. And I'd be, and I would say, I'm literally like with this guy, I'm like, who are these people? And he would get defensive. Like, what? like, I'm not allowed to have friends. I'm like, of course you are. I just don't know them. He's like, you don't need to know every single person I talk to, whatever. And so there would be times where if like, I didn't hear from him on Thursday or Friday night, I would assume that like, maybe he's out on a date or something like hooking up with someone else. And then I would, anytime I would question, like, are you cheating on me? Like, are you with someone else? He would throw it back. Like, why don't you trust me? Like I'm allowed to have my own life, like all this shit. But I would spend all of my time just trying to see exactly what he was doing on social media. Mm. And this was the most unhealthy relationship. Like this literally took me to rock bottom and I didn't even know. I didn't, I had never experienced anxiety, never experienced depression up until this relationship. And I left this relationship. Not I left. I was literally, I I didn't want to leave as bad as it was, but all of this to say, if you are looking for confirmation or you, you, you don't know that you trust this person, you're looking for a reason to not trust them or a reason to trust them it's already not a safe relationship for you yeah. because you, with the right person, you're not going to be questioning these things. They're going to feel totally safe and secure. And like, you don't have to worry about this. Mm-hmm. And that's what you deserve. Like you do not deserve to be walking on eggshells, being nervous that they're out with someone else. Yeah, totally. And if you're, if you're already checking those things, you already don't trust them. And whether that's something that they did or said or whatever, or that's something internal that you're just not, it could just be that you're just picking up a vibe that's not sitting right with you or they're not validating you in a way that you feel like is enough for you or like a love language for you that that works. You don't, this is not going to work anyway. You can't, no, no like solid good relationship, I don't think, starts with that level of distrust for this person. And it's also a level of insecurity where like I've had, now that, now that it's been some time and I'm 29 and I have dated enough, I feel like I understand more how to ask for things in relationships when you need them. And that makes a world of difference. Like if I ever got into the mind space of like, like I've never done this, but if I was ever like, 
John and because John has like a lot of friends. He has a lot of like friends that are girls. Like he just has a lot of friends. So and he's very social. So he's like out about all the time. I never worry about where he is unless unless like his phone dies and I don't hear from him. Like right. then I'm like, well, are you dead? But I never worry like who he's with. But if I ever did, I would feel totally comfortable sitting down with him and just being like, hey, like I feel a little like weird for whatever reason. I just need you to like make me feel a little more validated and in whatever whatever that means. And it always sounds weird to recommend those types of conversations to people because it sounds so like mechanical and and like your therapist told you to say that but honestly at this point I don't care because like I would so much rather have the conversation have the the question might like land weird I guess with yeah. the way that you're saying it but then it opens up this whole conversation where you can be genuine and authentic and heal from things like that and also if this person really cares about you and is being genuine they're not overthinking how you ask the question their yeah. concern is oh my god like, how can I make you feel more supported and, and let you know that I'm there for you? Like, they are probably so relieved. Like, if if Jake was ever worried about something that I was doing, I would be so upset not knowing. I would want mm -hmm. him to tell me so that I could make him feel better. Right, right. And reassure him. And I mean, there was even after this situation that I was in, I really struggled to trust people again. Anytime I was dating a guy and he wouldn't like text me back on like a, a Thursday, Friday or Saturday, my immediate thought was like, oh, well, he's on a date with someone else. And mm -hmm. this felt like in hindsight, I'm really proud of myself for doing this. But in the moment I was like, is this embarrassing? And does this sound desperate? Or should I like just be honest? And I literally like approached this guy I was talking to and was like, I don't want to tell you like you have to respond to me immediately. Like I'm not being needy and like asking you to text me back the minute I text you. But because I was cheated on in the past, I do get really anxious if I, you know, text you and like I don't hear from you for an hour and it mm -hmm. might be like a Friday or Saturday night like that makes me really scared. Yeah. And again, like, I don't need to know exactly what you're doing at all times. Like, that sounds crazy. But just if you could, like, text me back yeah. like, within an hour or, like, let me know, like, where you're going. Like, that would just feel really comfortable for me. And the second I said that, as scary as it was, that person was like, oh, my God, of course. Like, I never want you to feel that way. Like, thank you for opening up. I, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Like, absolutely. And that in, in expressing what you need it also gives that person the opportunity to show if they can show up for you in the way that you need. A hundred percent. And one of the things that John and I do that I think is funny. And when I tell, say this to other people, they're like, what? We have each other on fine friends. And I, I don't remember, I think we were both really busy and in two different places. Like, I don't know if he was traveling for work or something. And we shared our locations so that if I didn't hear from him, I could see like, oh, he's still doing this, 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 or whatever it was. And, and I've had so many people say like, you guys have, like you track each other. I was like, no, I don't track him, but also we don't hide where we are. So it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel weird. And it also doesn't feel like, um, anybody is, uh, encroaching on someone else's privacy because we know where we are all the time. It's more of like, if I, if I'm not hearing back from you, but I see like, oh, you're at your local bar, you're with your friends. So I'm not going to bother you, but I just want to make sure that you're okay. And that, you know, everything's fine. I could not agree more. Jake and I actually didn't share our locations until probably like like four or so months ago. Mm -hmm. But it was because like he was coming home from work like really late at night. And sometimes like he'd be so busy where he like wouldn't respond. And I would just want to know like, are you still at work? Are you on your like what's yeah. like just what's so happened? I know. And yeah, there's never I've never like 
taking out my phone to like check where he is during the day, right. like just to see, oh, oh, is he really at work? Is he lying right. about that? No, it's literally like, I want to make sure that he's okay. And yeah. also like, if I'm coming back, like I will take the subway at nine or 10 o'clock at night. And like, I want him to know where I am if something mm -hmm. happens, you know? And I think it's, I agree. People are very like off put by that and think that's such a violation of privacy and what you don't trust the person. But I think it's the complete opposite. It's that you do trust them. And it's from a viewpoint of security and making sure yeah. that they're okay. Yeah, I trust you so much that I know that you're not going to use this information in a weird way. Because if you also if you want to know where I am, I will also tell you and also tell you right. the truth. And so like, what's the difference? Really? Yeah, but I understand exactly. like some people get like a little weird about that. But I, for the people who say like, I would never share my location with with a significant other just, you know, just because I think that's weird. I would I would challenge you to think about why you think that way. Like, I think if you are comfortable and feel safe and secure with your partner, like doing things like that, shouldn't feel that weird to you but I guess I don't know everybody's different so you can do it do do things the way that you want to but I would also take a moment to reflect on why you feel that way yep agreed. Yeah. was there any moment that you felt like is there any one moment that you felt like Jake was going to be your person or was it sort of over the course of time you felt like oh I think so oh I feel a little more reassured or whatever it was we actually talked about this. We did an an episode like a few days after we got engaged. Mm -hmm. And this was one of the questions like, when did you know? Or was there a point you knew the other person was the one? And I think we both agreed that there was no like one specific moment or thing that someone said or did. It was just like, as we learned more about each other, our values were just so aligned. We mm -hmm. think the same way about so many things. We get along really well. Like we have the same priorities. And the more we learned about each other, it was like every single date, every single month, it just felt more and more like, yeah, this makes so much sense. And mm -hmm. I think it was two part. It was one that like, it made sense. And the other part was that the connection was there and that we felt it. Yeah. Um, there was one point early on where I do think it was, it did make a big difference for me because the first two dates were like, I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm, this is my person or like, I was like, okay, like excited to see him again. Like whatever. It's like good. But I, I usually would be like dying over this person. Like, oh my God, if I don't see them again, like I will right. drop dead. Right. And I did not feel that way about him. It was like very, it was comfortable and easy. Mm -hmm. On our third date, I had gotten my COVID vaccine the day before. So there was like a big, like month long gap between our second and third date because I went home and then I went to visit family in Florida and it was still like COVID and stuff. I ended up coming back um, to get my vaccine. And our date was the day after. And I was so sick from it. Like mm. could not like my whole body. I like had a fever, like didn't, I wanted to cancel so badly, but I like, felt so bad. I was like, I had to get ready with my arm in a sling. Cause like oh literally God. moving my arm, like a millimeter killed. Yeah. And so I went on this date feeling like absolute crap. And we ended up just like having a really great day. We did like a boozy brunch and then walked around and then stopped at an old bar that like we both had gone to so often, like our quote unquote freshman year of adulthood. Um, <laughs> freshman year of adulthood. adulthood. <laughs> Shout out to the gem in Murray Hill. Um, <laughs> oh my God, the gem. I've been there before. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, the whole time, like as sick as I felt, like he was helping me put my jacket on. He was like cutting my food for me because I like, couldn't, Aww. literally could not like lift my 
like couldn't hold a fork and knife at the same time. Um, but at the end of the day, we probably met up at like 11 or 12. And at four, we were like saying bye. And I was getting in a cab and I was like, well, I'm just going to go home and like watch One Tree Hill for the rest of the night Hell if yeah. you want to come. And we had talked about One Tree Hill. And so he was like, sure. And we ended up, we get home, I change into sweatpants and a sweatshirt and we just sit on the couch and literally watch like five hours of One Tree Hill. And I was like, wow, this is somebody I could have a really great, fun, silly, adventurous time with mm-hmm. while feeling sick. And then yeah. come home and be like my most comfortable, like took my makeup off, like in my, like, like literally in my comfy clothes, <laughs> watching One Tree Hill and not thinking twice about anything. Like it was just mm-hmm. so comfortable. I love that so much. I feel like you guys have a lot of um, music, movies, like TV, like that stuff in common. Obviously, the He's Jonas a teenage Brothers girl at heart as well. Yes, the whole like Jonas Brothers part of your relationship, I feel, <laughs> needs to be discussed because for those who don't know, Alana Dunn, if there is one thing that Alana Dunn is, it's a Jonas Brothers fan. <laughs> that is the. Could it be more true? Lifelong Jonas Brothers fan. And when the proposal video came out and like Jonas Brothers is such a big part of your relationship, it was sort of integrated into this whole proposal video. And then several of the Jonas Brothers commented on it. I was like, I'm going to pass out. I was like, is someone checking out Alana? Is she okay? We're not okay. (laughs) So how did that become such a big part of your relationship? So... I had a prompt in my profile and guys, this is why you should really pay attention to what you're putting in profiles and making sure you're being thoughtful and sharing things about you. And then also pay attention to what other people are putting in their profiles. Yes. Yes. And also tell the truth in your profile. Like I think that some people would have thought like, Oh, should I put something like Jonas brothers? Like what if someone's going to think that's lame? No, no, no. Tell the truth because then you might find somebody who also really loves Jonas brothers. And that is so much, but that is like the foundation of building building a lifelong, meaningful yeah. relationship. Just be honest, like tell the whole truth. And if someone thinks you're lame, and nothing for it, they're the not truth. for you anyway. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. So you put it in your profile. So I had something about loving the Jonas Brothers in my profile. And in that initial message that he messaged me, which I really don't know if I saw it because had I seen it, I think I would have responded. Mm-hmm. He said like, Hey, I love the Jonas Brothers too. <laughs> And so when he followed up, I was like, figured I'd try this again. I literally responded like, oh my God, I'm so glad you did. And then we had a whole conversation about who our favorite brother was and what our favorite song was. And throughout our relationship, it's just like, I didn't believe him. Oh, so here's where it gets even crazier. (laughs) On our first date, we're talking about how cold it is. We talk about the Jonas Brothers and there was supposed to be a Jonas Brothers concert in Las Vegas in April of 2020. Oh, dang. My best friend Sarah and I had tickets and flights booked and Jake's friend had said to him, like, let's go to Vegas in April. And Jake was like, only if we go the last weekend because the Jonas Brothers are going to be there. Oh, my God. He was supposed to go to that same exact concert in Vegas that I was going to be at. And then COVID happened and the world shut down. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, the universe was trying so hard to bring you guys together. It really so was. So, yeah. I mean, the Jonas Brothers, we've been to six Jonas Brothers concerts together. So crazy. Um, we always, like, listen to the music. Like, Love Bug is, will be our, our wedding song. Um, it's just become such a huge part of our relationships. And it's so funny because it, I never in my wildest dreams would have, like, like, I wouldn't have dreamt up that, like, my 
person would also yeah. love the Jonas Brothers because that just seemed so rare. Yeah. And it's crazy because I'll post these videos now of like our relationship with like Jonas Brothers music or like videos of us at concerts and all of these comments are like, how does it feel to live my dream? And it's like, yeah, at least I get to, I can sleep well at night knowing that like this was actually my dream too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it like, it was, it was your dream, but an unrealized dream because what yeah. the heck? In what world? <laughs> In what world? I even love that he sat and watched One Tree Hill with you. That is like so It was cute. his favorite show. Oh, he he had a Nathan Scott jersey already. Uh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. Yeah. That is so crazy. It feels like he was literally made for you. That is so I insane. Know. Oh, my God. So did you know that the proposal was happening? Oh, actually, no. You, you did sort of know because you – so Alana and I were trying to plan – I think we were just going to plan to like hang out one day and you weren't feeling well that week. And then you were like, I think yeah. I'm going to rest because at the I was time like, you I were need like, to rest. Yeah. yeah. At the time you were like, I just really, I need to like rest. I need to take a couple days. And then after the proposal happened, you were like, cause I knew it was happening. <laughs> yeah. I was sick the whole week before and I needed to take like every minute that I could mm -hmm. to actually rest and like get better. Yeah. And so that was why I canceled and was like, no, I think I just it's need so to get funny. better. Um, <laughs> it's so yeah, funny. I, I knew, you know, leading up to it, I, in my mind, I didn't want to know. I really wanted to be surprised, but things happened mm -hmm. and little hints were dropped by multiple different people. And I kind of put the pieces together of this puzzle that I wasn't trying to do, but then it was kind of fun to like figure it out. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I ended up knowing literally like I knew exactly how he was going to do it at exactly what moment mm -hmm. um, to the point where a minute before I took my phone out to record a voice memo and he saw and started like cracking up because everyone always <laughs> tells me that they like blacked out and nobody remembers what was said. And I'm like, well, right. I want to remember and I know it's about to happen. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but even knowing it was going to happen, like nothing in the world could have stopped me from feeling as shocked yeah. and in disbelief in that moment. Like I burst out into tears. I've never done that before. Like I didn't know I was capable of happy crying. It was just an, an experience, like an emotion I've never, I didn't know could exist. So yeah. even though I knew it didn't matter, I was still yeah. like so surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's something so poetic about you growing with your audience from being a person who was struggling so much to figure out how to navigate the dating world, especially in New York City, especially when, especially in your early 20s, because dating in your early 20s is an absolute hot garbage mess because the like security isn't there. And you just, I don't know. I feel like when I look back at how I dated in my early 20s, it, I just am so embarrassed. Like, it's just so <laughs> bad. Yeah. And it's so, like, beautiful and poetic that you, your audience could go down this whole journey with you to now you being an engaged lady, a fiancé. It is really surreal. I mean, Jake and I matched on Hinge, like, a week after seeing other people came out. That's so and wild. The first few months of seeing other people, like, I talk about, like, going on dates with different people and... But then you hear, okay, we're exclusive. Okay, like he asked me to be his girlfriend. Like yeah. all of these things unfold. And it is really crazy to, to for anyone who like is starting to listen to the podcast and going back to the beginning. I don't know if anyone does that, but it is really cool. But I think it's, I think it's special also with those old like dating sucks episodes and the content from when I was really, really single because mm -hmm. I never want 
anyone to look at me and just think like, oh, well, Alana has it made. She has her person. She has the career. Like she has whatever, like this thing is that I want because it took so much to get here and yeah. for so long. Like I was crying every day, getting my heart broken over and over, continuously dating people who would go out with me for three months at a time, introduce me to their friends and their family, and then tell me they didn't want anything serious. Like mm -hmm. I went through so much shit and it was not easy. I didn't just wake up one day and, and have all this. And even now it's still not easy, you know, like life's not perfect by any means. And yeah, people will DM me like you have my dream life. Like you, you have everything I want. And I'm like, listen, yeah, I have all that. I have anxiety. I have trauma. <laughs> yes. I have all these right. other things too. Like it's not all. Right, you could scroll back on some episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> I, I do think that that's really important that all of that history is there and that yeah. I continue to be open about the things I struggled with. And all of that just makes me feel so much more grateful for what I do have now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so amazing. And I'm sure that, that having your own personal growth, like on tape and having it all recorded must be a really cool experience. And it's one of those things where I think when you're starting something like this, um, you never think that it's going to be kind of like an heirloom that you can pass down, but it's going to be really, really cool if you and Jake decide you want to have a family to show your kids like this what this was mommy. She was always really cool, but she also was terrible at dating for a little while. <laughs> and then we got our shit together and it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That is yeah. really cool. I've actually never even thought about that. Yeah. Like, your your yeah. love story, like your story of your fiance soon to be husband is literally recorded in the coolest way. Yeah. And also yeah. woven in with lots of advice and all these really great things too. Has there been so. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Um has there been any guests that you've had on seeing other people that have given you advice that you were like that changed your perspective on dating? Oh my god. So many. And, and, you know, I always ask at the end of every episode with a guest, like, what's the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever I received? I ask that too, because it's the best question. People, people pull the greatest things out of their ass when you ask the question. And it's so hard to recall, like, which is yeah. the one that has hit me the most. Oh, God. Okay. How's, how's this? So I got to interview the Jonas Brothers recently. And <laughs> absolutely the craziest full circle moment yes. ever. And also so deserved. It feels like at some point you like the the universe was like, all right, she's had enough. Let's have all the good things happen to her. And now, I know, and now I'm like, well, it's all downhill for me. Yeah. It was honestly, and this is one of the things like Instagram versus reality. Like I got engaged and interviewed the Jonas Brothers 10 days apart. Yeah. And in between went down to Florida to celebrate with my family, went to Miami for my best friend's bachelorette party, mm -hmm. fell two weeks behind on work. Yeah. Um, all of these things happened at once. And I, I haven't been that stressed and anxious in like years. Like I was literally crying almost every day because of how oh. overwhelmed I was. Yeah. And it sucked because I'm like, well, I want to enjoy this. This should be like the highlight, the peak of my life. And then I felt pressure to enjoy it, which made me like more stress. It was like, very Instagram versus reality experience mm -hmm. for me and really frustrating that I couldn't just like rise above and enjoy yeah. it all. It right. was just too much. 
But anywho, I forget who it was. It was either Nick or Kevin. And because I haven't heard the interview yet, I will very soon. But I asked and I think they both kind of bounced off each other in it with at the end of the day, the person that you choose to be with, you have to remember that you have to put that relationship, not necessarily first over kids and other things, but all of these other challenges are going to come your way Mm -hmm. and deal with them. But then at the end of the day, remember like, this is the person that I chose to do all of these things with. Yeah. And don't let raising kids and financial things and all of these other challenges and distractions take you away from remembering like, yes, life is really hard, but this is the person that I chose to do this with. And like, Mm -hmm. we are going to get through this together because we are so lucky to have each other at the end of the day. That is such a like that's such a beautiful message and a cool perspective to get from people who live that type of a lifestyle where yeah. like the stress and pressures of having people constantly have access to you in some way is really scary and there's always going to be a rumor that someone is cheating on someone else and you really have to look beyond all of that and yeah. say like this is this is the person that I've decided to do this with this is the team that I've created um, two person team that I've created. And I love that advice so much, especially because it applies so much to everyone. Yeah. And for it to reach them also is really cool. I forget that they're just like boys from New Jersey. <laughs> they're just boys from New Jersey <laughs> who like are now married New- and have daughters. Yeah. Just boys. Yeah. Just, just boys from New Jersey. Just people. That's yeah. so cool. And that's such good advice. I love that so yeah. much. Okay. So normally, again, we would ask like what your best dating advice is. That's kind of, that's really good. I mean, it's for literally from the Jonas Brothers mouths. Can't get much better than that. Way. Yes. Um, so actually, I think I would like to know from Miss Alana Dunn of seeing other people on all podcast streaming um, platforms and on social medias um, is, are there any especially good or especially bad dates that come to mind? Okay. Yes. I went on (laughs) a date probably like October, November, 2020. So pandemic life, I Mm -hmm. I was back in the city for like a a month or two. And it was when like, you literally, you could, there was no outdoor dining even. So it was like, you're either going on a date in a park or like going to someone's apartment. And I went to this guy's apartment and we had been talking for like a few weeks before we were able to like find time for the date and like definitely vibed over text. And I get there and he's like, Oh, like let's order food. So we order Italian food. And then we like, he pours us like a glass of wine. We go sit on his couch. And I, in my mind, like we're just going to like talk and get to know each other. And he like picks up the TV remote and he's like, Oh, like let's watch a show while we wait for the food to come. And I'm like, okay. And he goes to this new, like comedy, like sitcom that had come out called I'm sorry. And he puts it on an episode and we watched the first episode and I'm like, okay, like this is a little weird that we're just like watching an episode. Like we literally have not talked about anything. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm sure it's just the one episode. And then like, we'll, we'll talk the episode, like credits start to roll and he lets it play straight to the next episode. Oh and I'm God. like, okay, like maybe we're just watching TV until we wait for the food to come. Like there's no way he's going to continue this. I think the food comes and like he let, he keeps it playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like there's maybe he just really wants to finish this episode. Like we're definitely like, I don't need to say anything. It's obvious that he's going to stop <laughs> the show after. <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> 
30 minute episodes. Seven episodes. Shut the fuck. I mean, they're like 20 minute episodes. I didn't know. I I did I what? learned nothing. Nothing about this person. That is strong. and I didn't know what to do. And he was like a few years older than me. And like I, I did not know what to do. And I was just, it was actually a funny show. But um yeah, and then he like walked me to the elevator and like kissed me goodbye and said like I had a great time, like would love to see you again. I don't know what happened after if we like followed up or like it just let it fizzle. But the funniest part about it is that my I've I, I've become very good friends with my friend Sammy. She lives on my floor in my building, and we met mm-hmm. like by being neighbors. <coughs> and she's single and she's dating, and she had showed me this guy she <laughs> matched with, and it was him. No. <laughs> I I would tell her to go on the date and let, let let us know what TV show he makes her watch. Well, so I told her, and now we have like this j- running joke about it because they like t- have matched and talked like five times, but have never made it to a date. And he walks around the Upper East Side with a jacket that has his initials on the back, and we just he lives a block uh, away. We, the two of us just see this guy everywhere. What and, the hell? It's just so funny because he's so recognizable because he like wears his initials, which like whatever. It's it's like a little like tiny thing. We just notice it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so (laughs) funny. That reminds me of like when you go on dates in high school. It's so funny. Like when you you go on dates in high school and you go, you watch a movie and like movies are just like simply not, obviously you're not going to talk in a movie. So you just like, I don't know, cuddle and make out and then you leave and then it's awkward. And then you're like, this is the worst dating experience of my life. What did you do when you left? Like, did you say anything? Did you let it fizzle out? Like, how did we I think I was, I was like, I'm like tired. I I really don't remember. I think like part of me was trying to block it out. Um, It's so funny (laughs) because I've been asked about a bad, bad dates like often. And I never had a bad date story that would come to mind or like one that stuck out about the rest. I've obviously like gone on dates that just like weren't great, but nothing like story worthy yeah and I told this to Jake once and he was like Alana like that's your (laughs) bad date story (laughs) yes that is a bad date that is a that's a really bad date I wonder if he thought that he like nailed it I I, you gotta wonder and it gets funny because my my friend Sammy and I were drunk one night and we went on her phone and just texted him the lyrics to like love bug or something like one line at a time and he was like so confused That's that is psychological warfare. I love yeah, it. I love we had it. To. That's amazing. Oh, I feel like this hour flew, but I love fastest hour of my life. Literally fastest hour of my life. Ever. I love you. I'm so excited for you. And you are just like uh, an inspiration. You really are. <laughs> the eye rule. <laughs> No, you really are. I'm so proud of you. Like, I wish that you all could understand, like, the character arc of Alana Dunn, because I think that, like, <laughs> no one would have guessed that you would be, you would be in this position. Nope. Like, it's so cool. And I'm so proud of you. And one time, wait, when Alana and I connected, like, whatever, last year, um, after I haven't, we hadn't really spoken, like, literally since high school, probably. Yeah. And so, well, actually, like, I probably would have seen you after high school too anyway so we had reconnected and we were walking I think you were walking with me to Grand Central and we were just laughing about like like the people in high school who just could simply never could never Never. and and it's really cool to have this shared experience with you and um 
Yeah, I'm just so happy you came on the pod finally. Thank you. And I'm so happy for you. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited for you. And just thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Literally anytime. Everyone check out seeing other people on Instagram, on all podcast streaming networks. And I'd love to really, you know, let Barkley's career take off next. Oh. Uh, little Barkley, big world. Oh my God. He's so, oh my God. <laughs> but fluffy he's, baby. he's not very, he doesn't have a very good work ethic. So he'll post <laughs> every, every once in a while, but not consistently. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Oh my God. He's so cute. you so much for listening as a reminder we are always accepting questions about sex ed about relationships life advice we will accept it all we would love to hear from you so send us an email to alissa explains it all pod at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs>